Hello, I'm David. I'm Michael, and we're the Sticky Bum Boys. I can't believe it's the semi already. Please stop calling it a semi. You're right. We're so close to the finish now. It's very likely full fat. <laughs> Talking of semis, cake-wise, I wonder if any bakers do it semi-naked this week. Ooh, we all know what you're hoping for. But I reckon Paul looks better with his shirt on. <laughs> Absolutely not. Not that. Immediately not that. Definitively not that. Okay, let's go on with this. And I promise I won't be bitter. I'm just semi-sweet. Ugh. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, that was an episode that happened. I mean, it's an episode I wish it didn't happen. I have never been, and this is with the greatest respect to all the talented bakers, more bored in my entire life. I've sat through conversations with you, and that was worse. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you, and that, and point to Alex. Oh no, just you. <laughs> like, that's how bad it was. <laughs> Alex is, we got in trouble on Patreon this last week, because we posted, Alex doesn't know this actually, we posted a video where we were force feeding him an apple tart, <laughs> and they were all saying, he's much nicer than you make him out to be. <laughs> I know, and it's not true. Like, we actually try and make him even nicer. Alex is awful but i don't think we make him out to be that bad no exactly you he's that. <laughs> he's worse no alex actually is we probably are a bit harsh mainly because we've got the power of the microphones although he has the power of the edit but alex is lovely i gave him a compliment on his jumper this morning yeah then, then i immediately then you immediately were like yeah it's probably dirty <laughs> i know because it doesn't go with his t-shirt but which of your clothes is less than three days old right now be honest Literally none of them, including underwear. So you have no moral high ground here. I couldn't even, I didn't even have any kind of response there because I actually looked and tried to calculate. (laughs) No. Anyway, less about me. In the inbox section, we should have been trying to get Alex a date because Alex is lovely. That is true, actually. Should we post a photo? Shall we do like a Lonely Hearts (gasps) ad on our social media for Alex? Yes. Because also he... (laughs) He's gone red. (laughs) Sometimes he does actually wear clothes that do match. He's very, very nice. You need to be gentle with him. He's very handsome. He's very handsome, but he is... He's not sensitive, but I think he could, like, he needs a gentle person. He does, yeah. I think also, uh, strap in, because we're not going to be talking about the episode this week. I don't don't know whether Alex likes that. (laughs) <laughs> Did you want to talk about the episode? So Alison was sick. Um, she wasn't there, which is probably she's the one winner out of this week. Signature was two batches. Okay, let's try and be positive. I feel like we're being negative Nancy's already. And I feel like that's bad. And I said at the start I wasn't going to be bitter and I'm going to be semi-sweet. Well, did only say semi. We, we've seen the semi so far. We haven't seen the sweet. It might come out later. I thought, to be fair, the bakers did a very good job with all of these challenges. I think actually the problem that I had with the, the episode was that nothing was really happening and there were kind of no stakes. It was interesting, actually, because I was excited about this week because all of the bakers going into this week, I genuinely thought 
any one of those four could be a finalist. It wasn't clear who was going to go. Yes, and they did do a good job with the bakes. Like, I think one of my issues was I didn't really like the challenges. Mm. What we said before, like they didn't feel like a semi-final level challenge, even though they all brought like they brought it and they did really well with yeah. them. But like the signature, 12 financiers, like I love them as a bake. They are delicious. Mm. They're not patisserie. And Paul even said these are not patisserie, so they've got to decorate them well. You can't make it patisserie. This felt like a cake week challenge. This felt like cake week signature. It like was a, a cake week. Is, is, it's a ground almond cake, which bakes fairly quickly, about 20 minutes-ish, maybe less, depending on the size of them, decorated a bit nicely. Two hours is a reasonable amount of time to do them in. The year before us, they had to make me millefeuille for like their signature, which is a good challenge for a signature in a semi-final because it's not that difficult, really. It's, you have to make puff pastry and then a couple of fillings and decorate it. So it's not that difficult, but there's at least something going on. Yeah, this is, they're literally just making a cake batter. And then just they were all just doing a ganache or a buttercream for a decoration. It's mm. not that neat. It's not that fancy. Yeah. So who stood out for you? Do you know what? I actually liked the sound of just about all of them. They all sounded very delicious. Just about sounds like this one he didn't. <laughs> well, no, Dan's I particularly liked. The mm. one surprise, surprise that Paul was straight away saying, oh, it's not gonna be very nice. Oh, but he was it, making a storyline though. Like yeah. he was going to be like, oh, I don't like this. Oh, surprise. Or he was going to say, I don't like matcha. And then because people are scared of them putting matcha in, he didn't put enough in. But mm. that was pistachio matcha and pink peppercorn yeah. with an orange and vanilla topping. It sounded delicious. Uh, with yuzu as well. I think it had yuzu curd oh, no. in that. Sorry, orange and vanilla was the other one. Yeah, it had yeah. a yuzu and something topping. Yeah. yeah, tonka bean. Tonka bean, that was the one. And then he also made orange financiers with peach and raspberries on top, which sounded lovely. He did really well. He got a handshake for them, which I thought was deserved. They looked great. The flavours sounded brilliant. All of those sounded great. And he wanted a fist pump from Prue. Did he? He said, I got a handshake from Paul, but actually really what I wanted was a fist pump from Prue. Wasn't there the Prue pat for a while? What did she pat? But I, I didn't observe a pat, personally. I think it might have been post us, but a Prue pat, I believe it was a shoulder. Oh. She has a bit of a shoulder toucher, isn't she? Yeah, she is, yeah. I liked the sound of the raspberry and pistachio ones from Tasha. They didn't look great. In the end, they were a little bit flatter than I think she'd kind of expected. But they, apparently they tasted nice, which is important. Um, and they had really good flavours. She was struggling a bit, though, because they weren't looking as even and kind of as well risen as she'd hoped. Um, and she said that she'd got no other choice but to pipe. Has that happened to you before? Yes. It has. I rarely have other choices. <laughs> Two Ra bottoms in a room. Got no choice. <laughs> raspberry is good, though, because raspberry is a bit sharper. So when these yeah. financiers are quite rich, they're very like nutty and earthy. So I can imagine that raspberry would be very good. Um, and Matty did, he did a tiramisu one, which didn't quite work out for him in the right way. But mango, lime and coconut are very nice flavours to throw together. Did he have like a mango curd or something in it? I didn't really notice. I also thought the coconut might get a bit lost in a financier because it's quite a rich But you can add thing. like a bit of flavouring and it'll come out. Yeah. Um, they were too thick when it came down to it. Good to know. But he did do a gorgeous little BSL thank you to um, Tasha when she said well done at the end, which I noted and really liked. Oh. And my heart went, ooh. Like you, that. you love Matty. No, it was the BSL of it all. It was like the fact that through spending time with Tasha, they were all starting to use BSL in their speech. And so just when he's saying thank you to her, he just did thank you. He signed it. And I thought that was really nice. That is very, very Back nice. Back off, David. <laughs> Back off. <laughs> so Josh, though, Bakewell. Well, first of all, no last Josh at the start. Would you have taken semis at the beginning? I mean, I wouldn't take a semi. Depends what time of night it is, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but Bakewell, 
<laughs> that I actually do think is quite genius because, because it's an almond financier. Yes, because if marzipan things with almond and blah 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 blah, it's mm. just perfect. Yeah, really good. A bit overbaked. That he also made a chocolate hazelnut and orange one, which was delicious, but a bit overbaked. I mean, to be honest, at the end of that challenge, Dana got a handshake, but everyone had done the same. Yeah, really. Um, technical was a tarto pom, which is a uh, short pastry case with frangipan, apple puree, topped with apple slices and that kind of swirl. And they had two and a half hours. I was like, lovely challenge. It's for pastry week. It's for pastry week and not really patisserie again. Like if you're trying to think of something that's very highly decorated, etc., this is still just an apple tart. Do you think the problem is they've been trying to simplify the bakes for this year? Yes. And that they've therefore they've simplified patisserie out of patisserie and it's therefore become less. Oh, you're doing lots of nodding. Oh, lots of nodding. Yes, 100% agree. And I think all they've done is simplified the bakes and then reduced the time. Like mm. it's, that's not an answer. If people were saying that things were too complicated, don't like swing to the other extreme. But they weren't saying they were too complicated in the semi-final. Also a tough or thing is... Or were we? We might have said that. Maybe. <laughs> it's that fake news. Don't, don't go back and listen. <laughs> the thing is, these bakers are very accomplished and competent They're as brilliant. well, I feel. So like... Maybe it's tough because they can't, they have to decide all these things beforehand. But I do think, you're right, with this one, it seems like they've changed bakes so much that they've actually fallen out of the category they're meant to be in for that week. Mm. This podcast is endangered as having 20 minutes of us complaining. No, because actually... Alex just nodded. <laughs> I, I like the sound of this, though, that in terms of, I wanted to eat this. It well, looked let's, delicious. Let's take it out of patisserie week, then. Okay, we're in pie week. We're in pie week. Brilliant challenge. Loved it. Really good. Like a, 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 a quite a challenging amount of time, but a realistic amount of time to make and recipe pastry, make a frangipan, make an apple puree, get your apples sorted. Yeah. Um, I wanted to eat them all. Were they using mandolins? Not no. like the guitar ones, but like the ones that you slice your apples with. No, they were just using knife, which gave some knife skills. Gave some. Well, I so I once tried to make a pie like this, and I tried to use a mandolin, and I sliced off. I think I'm showing you the scar there. It sliced off the top of my finger with the apples, and I, I never used it again. They, they've never given people mandolins, have they? Like sometimes you can try and bring one to the tent like Henry I did. Used one. Yeah, and then you, they give you this special protective glove that you can't cut yourself with. Yeah. But I think for this one, because there wasn't that much difficulty in it doing this one, I think having the slicing the apples added, that was the main element is like the topping. Well, the blind baking <laughs> it's always the is. topping. <laughs> no, it isn't always actually. That's not, that's not fair. That should be an equal part of both. Well, interesting. Talking about topping, they had to make a napage. Oh, nappage. A nappage. <laughs> and that actually is a French word just meaning topping. So oh, is it? Do you like to nappage, Michael? I've, I don't think I... When I went to France, did I engage in nappage? <laughs> also, it comes I from, definitely tasted nappage. It comes from the word in French, <laughs> napper, which means to just cover something in sauce. So you could have experienced so very, that as well. I did experience that. <laughs> Salty, That's not very sweet. good. Look at you with your... That was almost like BB adjacent, but it was kind of fun. Well, BB Jason, I was getting slightly bored, so just started So you were just Googling, Googling what was going on. So nappage is basically like the clear, it's like a sugar and water almost mixture where you basically make a clear glaze. So if you look at like a, a strawberry tart in the patisserie window and it looks all shiny, it's because it's been topped. It's been topped. <laughs> Anyone who looks shiny in the streets, they've been topped. Um, so talking of topping, Josh came first for the first time. He did, which is surprising because he is very accomplished somebody said on twitter that he was a dark horse of the year and i was like dark horse where have you been looking he's been one of those people that often when he's done something absolutely amazing so you remember him from the episode as being wow he's amazing he had a couple of poorer elements but to i as well. feel like he's done some brilliant showstoppers and then hasn't got star baker somebody else has got it yeah like i mean not because no, nobody else was good obviously they're all doing brilliantly this year but like i think there was a week when he made an amazing 
Oh, I can't remember what it was now. It was only like three weeks ago. But he made an amazing showstopper and I was convinced it was his, but it went to Matty. But I think it's because you're remembering the showstopper. But if he was then middling in the technical and middling in the The technical signature. doesn't count for anything, David. Please. It does. The technical Please. The Elena literally bit. won it and went home in the same week. Well, that's Elena. <laughs> they, just didn't, they just didn't like her. She shouldn't have gone home. Didn't you? You never won a technical, did you? Yes, I did. When? I in the final? Three. Oh, so that's why you think they matter. Sure. Towards the end, I won the technicals. I was second in line. Because there were well. less people there. Uh, so f- fourth place was Tasha. Third place was Dan. Second place was Matty. And first place was Josh. I don't think really... I mean, Tasha's was slightly more crumbly, but they, none of them did badly. No. Do you know now, I've been noticing as the week's gone on, every time they do the and second place is, and they like cut to the two people to see, oh, who is it going to be? Mm. They always cut to the person who's first, first then to the person at second, and then back to the person at first. It's like, you know, if they're going to show them when they're saying, and second place, they're the one that's actually first. Your tinfoil hat is firmly in place, isn't it? It is. The showstopper was a millefoglie, uh, which is basically the Italian version of a millefoglie, and it's sort of not in slices. It's kind of like a cake rather than sliced. Yeah. And that was the only difference I could sort of see. Yeah, I think so. At first, I thought it was Noel just buttering an mm. accent mm. Uh, and i also did think this week because when we were on bake-off can you remember how sandy she would stand up to do her lines and it would literally be faultless yeah. they could even just say like oh sandy can you just say this and she would just repeat it perfectly yeah. noel takes oh ages. my goodness like i don't know how many attempts he would have at just trying to deliver one line so this week with and you're not, and you're not allowed there, to start until he's finished yes so he'll be like on your marks get set bake and you go to go and they're like no no you got it wrong gotta start again and you're like, right and every time they let him finish to the get set baked so you're constantly going for your draw and then being like right i'll get i give up now yeah. we'll just stand and wait and alison wasn't here this week so i can imagine a lot of time was spent with noel just trying to deliver these lines i also have heard that alison is quite difficult with lines not because she doesn't remember them because she's laughing at noel's <laughs> and so they have to wait for her to stop laughing maybe that's why they had a lot because uh, the challenges this year were a lot shorter as well maybe it's just because they were trying to figure in the time for alison and noel i was chatting to a, a friend a friend of ours yesterday about the christmas special with alison and they were saying they cannot wait to post the picture with her for their social media and i was like oh because this was someone on the christmas special <gasps> not that we not that we know of course the christmas <gasps> special is filmed live and it's not filmed in the summer and no bakers know about it it's on and christmas day literally the marks and spencer's christmas party this year we were all just talking about every single person that was on the christmas special because we all knew but i was i was so jealous for like a, like a hot flash of jealousy that there was an image out there of them with my hero maybe you'll get to meet her so, Mili Folier, good challenge. I thought actually what I liked about this, they had four hours, but this was a kind of showstopper which is achievable at home and can look exquisite. Yes. So I yeah. liked this one. I thought it was really, really good. And there's quite a lot of jeopardy, like trying to make the puff pastry and then trying to make things all stand together without putting too much gelatin in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh did say, if I was doing this at home, I'd be doing it over a couple of days, not ramming it into four hours. Four hours is quite a long yeah, time, I think. But lesbians do sex for four hours. <laughs> I once had sex for three hours. I was all a lesbian friend of mine. And she was like, we do that all the time, Michael. You don't oh. get a medal. And I was like, all right, I'll tell someone else then. <laughs> a couple of days though. Come on. So he made a lemon creme diplomat, blackberry curd and blackberry jam, which were colors inspired by his favorite photo of his nan, which is lovely. It's very nice that like his nan is still part of his experience on the show. I do like it, but Josh, give us something else. Like it's been your nan every single week. But and it's also, the same photo. By, by this point, well, it's a lovely photo. Well, I'm sure he's got other by, photos. By about. this point on Bake Off, they're saying, like, tell us about the inspiration for this bake. You are making up snakes. He's just chosen to go with one fact. Well, yeah, at least I made something new each week. Like, give us something else. <laughs> but he Josh. also his looked absolutely pristine. Actually perfect. And also, what was nice is 
he also still stripped it back. It wasn't perfect mm-hmm. because he'd done it really complicated. It was perfection. It was simple. The only, my only critique, which we've said before is, like he had lime, a luminous green for the leaves of his mm. um, buttercream flowers. And then the flowers themselves, they looked out of place, like just have the fruit. You it could have been pastel, those. couldn't it? I think I'm so impressed that he pulls it out of the bag for all of the showstoppers. Because for me, the showstopper is the one that I was like, shit, every week I was like, oh my God, will I have time? Will it look all right? And I wasn't able to kind of practice it in full every single time. The signature was the one I normally felt more confident in. And that's why when the signature went wrong, I got more upset about it. But like the showstopper, it's really hard. Like baking for four hours solid and filling all of that time is difficult. And it is so impressive that every single week, that is where Josh excels. He has that skill of making it look like he's had half the amount of time again Mm. on top of it like it just i can't believe he does it in the time anyway not just about josh other people did well dan i really liked dan's i thought it was a bit weird doing his guitar i didn't like the look of it i thought it was a lovely idea i wished it wasn't a guitar and i don't know why i think i was picturing jamie's ukulele biscuit sculpture from week (laughs) two of our year and i was like i don't know if this could be patisserie and like it didn't look far enough away from jamie's biscuit sculpture no and it's it isn't patisserie because the other thing that i had the only issue i had with his was a mirror glaze goes on something that's already smooth that's how it works as a mirror glaze this just looked like a sloppy icing on top of something because um a milfoy kind of pastry is rough mm. so it didn't really work with mirror glaze but his flavors so he had it was tim- tiramisu flavors so it was chocolate and coffee ganache and amaretto mousse he said it was a wee bit loose but that can happen yeah. especially if something that should be made t- done over four days um can you imagine how loose mm. no no let's not no. go there um wh- the way he stacked it was that he put the amaretto mousse in the bottom layer and then the chocolate ganache on a second layer and the chocolate ganache was a bit too heavy. And he said, as soon as I did that, I knew I should have put it on the bottom. <laughs> Nappage normally goes on the bottom, so it's all right. Uh, it tasted good. Mirror is a bit rubbery. It was fine. Yeah. I don't think he did. He don't think he excelled, but he did a pretty good job of it. And like, it was a bit more novelty. I think the reason that we're a bit kind of like, oh, the shape of it, because we're not really novelty cake girls. No. But if you are a novelty cake girl, you would love that shit. And it's not, again, novelty cakes aren't really patisserie. But anyway. This, nor is this week this episode wasn't um matty made a three-tiered cake thing it looked gorgeous actually and kind of there was um cylindrical is that the word is that a word cylindrical yeah we'll say yeah sure with limoncello marsala and amaretto flavored creme diplomat fillings and as paul said it's tricky with three <laughs> oh it's very tricky with three and he should know um i love talking this of one. being a wee bit loose <laughs> My only issue with his, I didn't even mind the slightly loose, loose creaminess. Like I think that it's better than it being overly stiff. Um, but he, this is comes back to the thing with Matty for me. He is brilliant, and then he does things where you're like, do you know how to bake? Like the way he cut out his puff pastry things and like basically crimped the edges down. So basically, he used a cake ring to kind of cut out the puff pastry. Yeah, which you should just slice round with the knife. And in the process of pushing, basically, he sealed the edges together. Like, he's kind of like crimping it like a pastry almost, which meant that when it was in the oven, it couldn't puff up fully because it had been stuck together. Yeah, and that was just explaining some science for the listeners. And it was very good. Considering he did everything else technically so well, it felt really strange that, like, that was the thing. But it's the thing of practice. It's the semi finals. 
you're forgetting what it was like to film this show, David. Like it's the semi-finals; they haven't had time. Because no, but, you know, but that's I me. Mean, that's what I'm saying. It's surprising that he didn't know. So therefore, he hasn't obviously used Patreon very often to do that kind of thing. Or it's just a mis- Like it's just a mistake. Back off. Could be a mistake. But he's made a few of these. Back, considering you, he's you absolutely need to brilliant. Back off. It looked gorgeous and tasted nice. Apart from the pastry not perhaps being cooked. You're not going to back off, are you? No, I will. I will fully <laughs> jump. I did like as well with the fresh fruit. I always think this with patisserie. He'd covered it in fresh fruit and it looked beautiful. Yeah, love and it. And fresh fruit always with patisserie do less add more fresh fruit it was tasha's birthday in the tent this week um which well um uh, it was her birthday she was doing inverse puff pastry and i've written down here ask david what inverse puff pastry is so you basically roll out your butter and then you put the pastry you know when you fold the pastry over the butter and encapsulate it in mm. you actually do the other way around you fold the pastry inside the butter but then how does the pastry end up outside the butter I don't know, actually. You just keep on, keep on because, folding But if, you're, if the butter is on the outside, it will always be on the outside. Wow, you're really good at science. Because I never you, thought Because of this. when you're making normal pastry, the butter doesn't end up on the outside. Yeah. So I just couldn't, I couldn't work it out. And then there was a panic in the middle because you couldn't see any layers when she cut into it. Then she put it in the oven and suddenly they appeared again. And I was like, oh, she's <laughs> safed. She was making a lime and mint mojito mousse millefoglie with mango curd. And as Prue said, it's the finishing we're worried about. Yeah, she I think has... actually it's more about the journey than the finish. Sometimes you don't need to finish. You just need to get to be going on a journey. Yeah, especially because she's doing it for someone else as well. Yeah, exactly. It's about it's about their journey, not hers. They're always going to finish. So <laughs> she did say, this is the first time I might not finish a challenge. And Shady David was thinking, mm, no, week four, you didn't finish the showstopper either. <laughs> David! <laughs> David! What That's, was that? Week four. True. Uh, when she went home because she had a headache. A headache and a migraine. You do, you're being um, horrible. No, it was the day after, sweet my ass. It was the day after the migraine. My ass. <laughs> that was American. Um, but she, they didn't, like when it, hers was the thing where it looked like it was a disaster all the way through. And then it really wasn't that bad in the end. Like no. she had very good layers, very good flavors. She's always very good about her. Her pastry looked like one of the best ones. Yeah. Nothing looked nice, but that was her rushing basically. Yeah. Although then Paul did say like, oh, I do like the pipe work and things. I was like, Compliment on the all. things that look good because that wasn't great. The looks weren't great. It looked like it tasted fantastic. Yeah. But she had a grainy curd. A grainy curd, which can happen. Do you think it was the eggs or sometimes the mango curd itself can be a bit kind of grainy depending whether she was if she didn't whiz it herself. Yeah, and if she didn't whiz it for long enough. Oh, you just buy it. Just What's buy the point? It. So Josh won Star Baker, very well deserved. As soon as I saw that showstopper, I was like, yep, yeah, it's his. And I was really sad to see Tasha go. This week, I would have been sad to see anything go. All four of these people have won our hearts and they all like you say at the start of the episode they're kind of all equal it didn't feel like any of them should have gone but one of them has to what i particularly loved about tasha has been how she's kind of amplified the voices of the hearing impaired and deaf communities and seeing her using bsl so normally and casually has been genuinely incredible even things on like their social media for, for bake off they're like showing how she created signs for words so for example signature in bsl is a signature that you write down but that mm. doesn't work so she's created a new sign for signature which she and daryl have used um i also like the fact that daryl was there all the time you could see mm. see them like it was they didn't try and hide it so that it was just they were being interpreting like it was they were in the shot and things. Yeah, was really and good. I, I was, I still think about that moment where she spoke in a whole challenge just using BSL. I thought that was just incredible. So Tasha, we love you. We're so sorry you're going. We love you. Um, but they've actually got a new theme tune for next week's episode. I don't know if you've heard it. Have you heard it? No. Here it is. Boys, boys. <laughs> no. <laughs> for the sugar babes. <laughs> 
And then there was three. Yes, next week it'll be a tent full of men like those films we like to watch, David. But who will win that cake stand? Does it even matter? That's the main question. I don't even know what mine is. Now, Michael, cast your mind back to 2013. The words selfie and twerk entered the dictionary. Horse meat was found in burgers. Equal marriage arrived in the UK and Margaret Thatcher died. They weren't related as far as I know. (laughs) And... It was the fourth series of The Great British Bake Off. <laughs> that was very good. I'm so excited that we're delving back into Retro Bake Off. And our review of series four will come straight after this series has finished. There's no stopping us. We'll be here each and every week, even through Christmas. And you may even get a cheeky Christmas present. Does that mean I have to wash my jock strap? No, David. Uh, <laughs> right, on to this week's taste test. So at Danish Pastry Girl says the food of gods is a hobnob or digestive biscuit buttered and topped with jam. You know the drill. Does Danish Pastry Girl not go to jail or does she not go to jail? (laughs) Well, that seems like a fair trial. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, it's us, advertising our OnlyFans again. If everyone just joined it, we could probably talk about this a little bit less, to be honest. Actually, if we all just make a point to pause the episode right now and go to patreon.com forward stroke sticky bun boys to sign up, then we can stop doing these ads forever. Nice plan. For a small handful of change, you'll get access to early and ad-free episodes, as well as bonus content, including regular Q&As, access to our online community, and much more. Plus, you get a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling knowing you're helping us to keep doing the podcast. What more could you ask for? Whew, thank goodness this is the last ad we'll ever do. For this week anyway question do people not in the uk know what a hobnob or a digestive is well why why are you asking that question well because that was the taste test the taste (laughs) was was whether they were covering it in jam and butter yeah but they need to know what a hobnob or digestive is a digestive because a digestive sounds quite (laughs) weird 
it's it's kind of like a they're both biscuits that are crumbly and crunchy and a, a bit like a graham cracker ish. Yeah, let's say graham cracker. I made digesters recently, and then I went to you, and I was like, David, these taste really dull. And he was like, Yes, because they haven't got all the additives that digestives normally have in them. And also, digestives are quite dull. Stop saying it properly. Digestive. <laughs> digestive. Digestive. Um, I don't want it to be covered in butter. Oh, I. It's do. one of the few things I don't. Do not really good. It's a digestive, but covered <laughs> in like glassy icing. Oh yes. So when we were younger, and mum was like, "What can I do with these children?" We would have digestives out, and we would like cover them in. We would just ice them with glassy icing, and you like harden. Do you not put any like Smarties on or something as well? Oh, I can't be doing with. That. I've been classy since I was young, David. I mean, this is not really much of an activity to do with you. But let's just get a biscuit and then put some icing on. Well, it kept us quiet for a bit. Stop me and my big brother fighting. Five minutes. And my little brother waiting for us to stop fighting. <laughs> um, so I would say icing, yes. Jam, yes. Butter, no. Uh, so I would say go with the butter, but maybe not with the hobnob. Hobnob's already quite sweet. You say hobnob funny. Oh, I say digestive funny. You as say well, hobnob. <laughs> hobnob. Hobnob. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you used to, used to call it rhubarb. <laughs> right. Danish pastry girl. She can come round. Uh, no butter for Michael, though. So we've got the first one in the inbox. I've done it from Anonymous because they put their name. But anonymous. Maybe they might not want to have their name because it was just at the end, but they didn't say anything. So I put it Anonymous. Sure. What should we call, should we call, should we call him? Alison for the week. Alison. Out of respect. Out of respect. So Alison says, hello, Sticky Bomb Boys. I love your podcast very, very much. To my question. Obviously, I ask this because this is a situation I've been in for 15 years, on and off, but mainly on. Please don't judge me, and I know you won't. What? We're the most judgy people ever. I'm not. You are. Well. After the first three episodes of this podcast, your husband <laughs> said, you need to be nicer. <laughs> I am judgy, but I won't judge Alison. This infidelity started. I was like, don't say her name, and then I realized what we'd done. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this infidelity started in 2008. Maybe I will judge. I became very attached, and he quickly told me that it would never be more than this. We were both married at the time, but I have since divorced for reasons unrelated. In the end, I know that infidelity is not a good thing. I guess I just want someone to talk to me straight. But we're I... not going to do that, are we? <laughs> no. <laughs> chose the wrong people. Very queer. I have given up on any thoughts of us ever being together. I've even had other relationships after I divorced, but I always seem to find my way back to him. The sex was amazing for many, many years, truly and honestly the best I've ever had, but due to some health issues he is now having, that's not really happened anymore. Can we now just be friends and take all of that out of it? So I guess I have two questions. Is infidelity ever okay? Can you have this kind of relationship with someone and end up just being friends? And then what did she say? Oh, but this is her trying to sway us. Thank you for all you do to bring light and humour into this world. Um, I bring the light, I think, out, of the, out of the pair of us. And the humour. Well, so what do you bring to the table? The world. <laughs> <laughs> I am the world. <laughs> Sounds like Bono. I read this on my watch. It comes through to my watch when we get emails in. And I was at a house party and I raised it with the room and it was quite a spicy topic. It is quite a spicy topic mm. because I think the first question is infidelity ever okay? I think the answer is no, but not being in a judgment way because it's like, but it happens. If we were to go down a darker route, if you're in a very unhealthy relationship, it perhaps can be okay. Yeah, in some ways I wouldn't really class that as infidelity then. But like it, obviously it, open relationships, that's not infidelity. Right. And... I often think that a lot of people, I was talking about this at the house, this came up in the house party. Yes, I was, a, I was a queer group of people. So we all think perhaps a bit more about open relationships and things like that. A broad, broad brushstroke, but straight people don't think about the relationships they're going into before they go into them. Because as queer people, you spend so much time thinking about who you like, what you want, how you want it, and you're exposed to a broader spectrum. And this is, again, very broad brushstrokes. Not everyone is like this. Please 
don't cancel me again. (laughs) (laughs) But straight people perhaps don't because they just fall into what they see on the movies or in songs and what their parents may have had. And therefore they don't consider that monogamy might not be what they want or need. And that is where I think a lot of cheating comes from is because actually those two people shouldn't be monogamous. Yeah. And also perceived cheating. I think you're right. Like a lot of my, I've actually got a lot of straight friends. I don't have loads and loads of queer friends. I know. And a lot of them. That's a joke. Please don't cancel me. (laughs) And a lot of them, you talk to them and like the girlfriends I have, they would class it as infidelity if their husband looked at porn. And I'm like, oh my goodness, your husband looks at porn every single week. Like (laughs) my conversations. Yeah. So like, I think the thing with infidelity is it's a trust thing. You're breaking trust. And really breaking someone's trust is not okay ever. However, it happens. Infidelity is probably one of the most serious ways of it happening. But I think more of the question is how you deal with it. And there's a situation that it's... Yeah, I think for me... So I think for me, realistically, where I'm in my life right now, let's be open and honest in this space. If I was to get into a relationship, I would want it to be monogamous for the first while. But then I would be like, okay, sure, let's open that up because it takes pressure off me. It takes pressure off them because they may be attracted to someone, want to go and kiss them. Like, sure, fine. Like, that's not, it doesn't change my perspective because emotional intimacy is the thing that I want to share. Yeah. And I, I think that's, in my mind, that's a bit separate from anything else. But then there's emotional cheating as well as, God, isn't this hard? There is emotional cheating as well. I think with this one, also, she, with the infidelity in terms of who's in the wrong, it's the person, like, it's him who's in the wrong to his wife. And being, also I mean, she her did, to she, her husband. Because she did it the way around, yeah. But if it was just, if you were thinking of one way, if you were going with someone who's a married man, for example, he's in the wrong for kind of cheating on his wife. You shouldn't feel like you're in the wrong because he's cheating on his wife. Yeah, I think I do agree with that. But if she was cheating on her husband with him, then she should also feel like she was in the wrong because yeah. this, you haven't communicated that you are, you're doing this. You haven't communicated that you want to do this. And I do think that is wrong. Let's move to the second question, though. Can you have this kind of relationship with someone and end up just being friends? I do think so, yes. Yes, I think... The thing I think strange about humans is, you know, if like you have a certain thing that you're known for, like, oh, Michael, you're known for living in the city. And then one day you think, oh, I want to live in the countryside. And no one's like, Michael, you can't do that. You can change. People mm. change. And so friendships and relationships and how you interact with someone can change you definitely can have had a certain relationship with someone and then it changed into something that's just a friendship sex isn't that big a deal okay next question this is from nasim my question is a cultural one ever since the series started there has been this running thing about adding more alcohol for mary and then later on for prue what is that about are all older ladies thought to not be able to resist more liquor or something just wondering if you know where that comes from. I'm not sure whether they're from the UK, but what they maybe, maybe don't know about the UK is that all women over the age of 70 are sozzled. <laughs> sozzled, I love that word. Absolutely sozzled. And if you're not from the UK, you probably don't know what sozzled means. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know when I worked in the hospitals at the start, when you were going round, you actually could still give sherry as an appetite inducer oh. to all the little old ladies. Appetite not the old inducer. men, just the little old ladies. It is a strange thing. I don't actually know where it comes from. I think Prue feeds it because she she's like, oh, that I love a bit of booze, me. Or there'll be a running joke where Paul will taste something with alcohol in it and he'll be like, oh, don't like that. And she'll be like, oh, I love that for me. Yeah, I think there has definitely been... I can't remember with Mary. We'll find out as we watch back. With Prue, there definitely has been anything where she has said she likes mm. alcohol in base. I think, I think it's the idea of the nice old lady having a wicked side. I think that's the kind of character they're kind of creating for the Mary Prue figure. I have to say, our gran, who's now died, I was going to say finally then, because she was 99, but <laughs> she died. finally. <laughs> she used to make this trifle at Christmas. My, she literally put a whole bottle of sherry in it. So she was definitely known for tipping the sherry in. Right, Professor Michael. 
we have judge judy herself, judge judy I, herself. I went, after jury service i changed my signature on my work emails to chief justice <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're going to call you now, Chief Justice. So Chief Justice, we do have some more Is It Rude twos, Which unfortunately means the jingle is coming back out. Is it rude to burp during dinner? Yes. But how about if you know... I it, can't burp. Did you know this? I can't burp either. There is a scientific is it, is it, reason it, for this. Is it about gag reflexes being too sensitive? No, it's actually to do with the little too lump loose. at the top of your stomach. A lump? I'll... It's, you know, when your stomach is like a kidney shape type thing. I do now, yes. And the tube that goes down to the stomach starts a little, yeah, starts a little, I'm trying to be, trying to make it easier accessible for you. <laughs> Attaches to the stomach a little bit further down and that leaves this gap at the top that fills with the air. Some oh, people's, yeah. the esophagus is more near the top, so it doesn't really fill with air. So is that why you fart all the time? <laughs> you, well, how about you? Where does your air go out? <laughs> Nowhere. <laughs> This is hot air that's coming out my mouth now. Disperses out of your skin as perfume. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, burping during dinner. I agree. I think burping loudly is quite weird. You know when people do that kind of little... They kind of just let out. (laughs) a little poof. A little what? Sorry. A little what? What did you call me? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's okay because sometimes you've got to burp. Chief Justice says no. Okay. Next one. Is it rude to... (laughs) Tell someone you don't like their hair or outfit if they ask your opinion. (laughs) I mean, it is rude, but also it's funny because they deserve it. Well, it depends. <laughs> I think it depends if they're really asking for it. Because if they're actually asking for your opinion, then you want to be give the honest opinion. I'm always honest. But yeah. I, but I won't say, I think what I, would, I wouldn't say, I don't like that. I'd be like, oh, why don't you? <laughs> Which is the same. This Change is a pa- all of your clothes. <laughs> no, it's a passive aggressive way of saying I don't like it. No, it's saying like, the first question is, do they feel comfortable in it? Do they feel good in it? Great. I don't need to like it. But if they're asking, do you like what I'm wearing? I generally will be honest. Oh, I guess this is because I didn't read the word like. I, I mean, I did read the word like because I read it, you out. read it out. But reading the word like, I was thinking more, do these objectively work together rather than do you like it? Because I think it is, if you're saying like, then it is your personal opinion. But like, I think it's important because I, when I see somebody and I'm like, oh, I like, like so, uh, literally today when I was like, Alex, I like your jumper. It's because I genuinely like his jumper. And therefore the compliment is more, genuinely received if they know that if you didn't like it you wouldn't have said that yeah but it's not rude if i came to you and said michael do you like the way these go together and you said no that's not <laughs> that's not rude because then i'll be like oh cool i'll change this thing because it might be because it looks really awful right people and people i think generally it depends on the kind of relationship you have with people but people don't come to me to ask for stuff that they don't want to hear the answer to people don't come to me and ask for fashion advice Let's people don't just... come to you to ask for anything after this anymore <laughs> so alex is going to participate in this section um and we'll play this thing is it rude to <laughs> tell someone the outfit doesn't match unsolicited Listeners, you may remember that Alex mentioned this earlier as well. What do you think, David? I think if it's Alex, no, it's not rude at all. <laughs> not at all. That was quite a good, is it rude to? I liked that one. That was a listener one. So please keep sending in your is it rude to's. All of them are listener ones this week. Oh, are they? Because you put it out on Instagram and loads I of people did. wrote in. I also forgot to post on Instagram this week, but that's okay. Is it rude to? <laughs> Linger under the mistletoe. It's, a, it's not rude. It's just a bit awkward. It is rude because you're not giving someone else the chance to get under that mistletoe. <laughs> someone else might need a digestive under the mistletoe. <laughs> uh, the mistletoe thing gives me the ick. Oh, it's so icky. Like an intense ick. I'm like, can we all just grow up? This plant has nothing to do with the fact <laughs> that you want to neck on with somebody. I find it a little bit kind of sexually harassment-y mistletoe. Right. Like just, just, you're standing there and you're just kind of like forcing someone to guilt trip them to kissing you. You can kiss people wherever you want. On yes. their body and in public. 
as long as they want it as well. That's yes, that's an important distinction. Um, talking of icks, we now have our top three icks. So we put these out to the public. The public have been voting, um, and the winners are. <laughs> Dropping a piece of paper outside and having to chase it because the wind keeps blowing it away. I'm doing the X Factor music. Climbing up the stairs on all fours. The awkward half squat when someone moves along a row to theatre. They're the top three. Very oh. close was when the baseball player swings really hard but misses. And I must mention that we got a DM from somebody who is a baseball player and said it's actually really hard. <laughs> Well, just get a bigger bat. People can't always choose how big their bats are, David. But talk about choosing. Why is the shoelace one not in? Bending at the waist to tie your shoelaces. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. It's a hard hard life. Sometimes I dislike our listeners. (laughs) Well, that's good, isn't it? (laughs) We're trying to keep them after this series, David. Um, I have got a clear winner here. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, see, mine's between two. Mine is climbing up the stairs on all fours. Oh, mine would be the the half squat in the theatre. But I'm right. So it has to just be my one. Oh, but I do that one. Okay. Yes, that's why. <laughs> I was also we were also sent a reel on Instagram this week, which we will share this week, of somebody climbing up the stairs on all fours, and I was nearly sick <laughs> in my hands. So um, <laughs> that is the clear winner of this season's Olympics. We're going to take a brief pause from the Olympics um, until Christmas because we have so much else to talk about, and these podcasts are getting longer and longer. We all know Michael has no excitement for a final, so as usual, he gets to the semi and that's it. Who knows? This final might tickle my fancy. Do you know what tickles my fancy? A good filling. (laughs) He means to our inbox, dear listeners. So please keep writing into us. We do read every single thing you send us. So send us questions, comments, requests and money to stickybunboys at gmail.com. Or the more modern of you can find us on our socials at Sticky Bun Boys. If you'd like to write a letter, please don't. This week, (laughs) I'm not going to mention our OnlyFans. We've talked about it enough. If listeners want to join, they'd have joined by now. Even though there is enough space for everyone. And it's really, really cheap. And it's really awesome. Well done for not mentioning it at all there, David. That's great. Thanks. Patreon.com forward to Sticky Bun Boys. Sticky Bun Boys. Come get a digestive. Ready for the boring bit? Let's go. The Sticky Bun Boys are not endorsed by or affiliated with Love Productions, The Great British Bake Off, or any of its subsidiaries. All views and opinions are our own. The Great British Bake Off and all related content are registered trademarks and copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Very professional, David. In one breath. (laughs) We're all just having a bit of fun, aren't we? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.